Welcome back to the Toxic Masculinity Podcast, where we discuss everything from the standpoint of a toxic male. I'm your host, Chris Thomas. This is a part two of the only rappers with a case to be the GOAT. It's the part two of that. Part one, we went through uh, six through three. It's only six. We went through six through four, so we went through the first three. You know what I'm saying? It was um, LL... M and Nas. Um, and just real quick, the shit is based on, for the most part, skills, classics, sales, and influence. Um, and as we go on with this podcast, I'll go ahead and keep breaking that shit down with everybody. Um, but yeah, um, again, it's only, in my opinion, six MCs, rappers that actually have a case to be made, a real case to be made that they to go, and all of them have cases against them to show you how, you know, subjective it is. Um, so without further ado, let's get into number three, the late, great Tupac Shakur. Um, now, depending on when I decide to drop these podcasts, but I, I got another podcast where I discussed um, Biggie is the best rapper of all time, but he's not the GOAT. And he doesn't have a case to be the GOAT. He has everything. He got the skills. He got classics, at least one, maybe two. He got the sales. Definitely had the influence. He just didn't have the body of work. Pac, that was not an issue. Pac had the body of work. You see what I'm saying? That's the biggest difference between them two. You know what I'm saying? Now, obviously, skills, you know. But sales, too, is a huge difference. And I would say influence also. So let's go in. Let's get into it. I got podcast number three as the, you could, and it's not even my list of the greatest rappers ever, but you could say, you know, his case as the greatest rapper ever is the third best out of everybody. So let's get into it. <clears throat> Skills. Oof. Bars, eh, you know, seven out of 10, six out of 10. Pac wasn't going to bar you to death. You know what I'm saying? But the shit he was talking about was relatable and he could make you relate to any situation, feel like he was right there. That was one of his many gifts. So he wasn't going to bar you to death, even though he was, you know, a great poet. Um, flow, 10 out of 10. You know, Hennessy, Mr. Reed, I mean, niggas to this day still take that flow. Um, this black queen mama, y'all ways with black queen mama. Um, <laughs> so yeah, flow 10 out of 10, subject matter 10 out of 10, maybe the deepest rapper of all time. Some people say the most conscious rapper of all time because you can go from hit him up to Brenda's had a baby, you know, dear mama, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, subject matter 10 out of 10, rhyme schemes, yeah, give him six out of 10, seven out of 10. Like I said, he wasn't trying to bar you to death, but, um, you know. He was good at what he needed to be good at. And punchlines, nah, I never really heard Pac talk about punchlines like that, really do punchlines. So his skills will probably be the least case that he has to be the GOAT. Um, and with that, you could say Tupac got the best flow of all time and the best subject matter of all time. And, you know, that's a great case you could make, you know, whether it's true or not, you could definitely make that case. Um, going to the albums, classics. Now, um, just depends, you know. Like I said on the last podcast, I gotta have or part one, I gotta have um, as far as classics and goat conversation, you gotta have two classics or three great albums. Okay, a double album that really counts as two classics, depending on how long it is. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, Pot got what many believe is the best double album of all time. It's either that or Life After Death. Some people would say Wu Tang Forever. Um, and I might be missing one, but, um, he got all eyes on me, came out in 96, you know what I'm saying? Um, before that he had, uh, <clears throat> apocalypse now, mm, people don't really say that's a classic CD strictly for my niggas, eh, me against the world. More people say that's a classic than strictly for my niggas. Um, you know, he got the, uh, Don Cuminati, Seven Day Theory, that came out after he died. All Eyes on Me, Are You Still Down? 
better days until the end of time. Like, he got so much shit. Obviously, we already know how Pac play. He got all this shit that came out after he was passed away. So you can't really judge him as far as sonically, as far as the way the shit was put together. But his bars and his shit never really swayed. And he has so much material that you could put him in that GOAT conversation. So as far as classics, All Eyes on Me, definitely a classic. Some people would say Me Against the World, you know what I'm saying, it's a classic. Um, but either way it goes, he had great albums, you know. Some people would say Don Clemente, Seven Day Theory was a, was a great album, you know what I'm saying. So he had his share of um, good albums, great projects, I should say. He had a share. I'm just pulling up this um let me see. This me against the world track list real quick. Me against the world, so many tears, temptations, young niggas, heavy in the game, Lord knows if I die tonight, dear mama. Old school fuck the world, death around the corner. Yeah. Definitely a very good CD. I don't know about classic, but it depends. So, yeah, he got that. Um, So, he qualified for the classics. The sales, it's Tupac. Probably the greatest selling artist of all time. Not Eminem. So, we're not even going to discuss that. He definitely up there with the sales. Um, And influence is he's probably the second most influential person on this list. Um, Eminem is up there because he's white. And he's going to, you know, inspire every other white rapper for all times. <laughs> but Pac, I mean, from his flow, the bandana, to getting shot, to everything that, you know. I remember when I was younger, <clears throat> every rapper that came out that was tough, they were saying it was supposed to be like the new Pac. So, like, when DMX came out, they was like, oh, this is the new Pac. Ja Rule came out, oh, this is the new Pac. He trying to be like Pac. Like, now it's to the point where dudes can really be trying to be like Pac. You can't even tell because it's been so long. Um, Like the baby, he got a lot of Pac in, like, you know, shit with him. Like, not the thoughtfulness, but as far as the charisma and being a loose cannon and the public siding with him, even though he might be wrong a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, he got Pac, Pac in him that way. So, you know, Pac is just influential. He's just his, he, he transcends music more than anybody on this list. And whether he died or not, it probably would have been that way. Like, it's so crazy. Like, he's such a legend, but he probably would have been an even bigger legend if he stayed alive because Lord knows what he would have did. He would have kept with the music, would have did the movies, obviously. Probably would have been a producer, Um, would have had his own label, would have wrote movies. You know, directing movies, who fucking knows? So, um, if you gonna tell me Tupac is the GOAT, I don't got a problem with that. I don't got a problem with that. He got the influence by a mile, sales by a mile. He got his classics. He got good enough skills. The case against him, obviously, is a lot of his music that was put out after he died was terrible, sonically. A lot of it sounded the same. Um... Another case, he wasn't so lyrical. He wasn't lyrical. His biggest rival, Biggie, was way more lyrical than him. Um, uh, another case is, you know, he was, what was he as an MC? Like, he completely switched up. A lot of times, rappers used to get clowned for that. Like, that ain't being real. Pac went from, like, kind of being Black Panther to just fuck everybody. But if you know the history of Pac, you know there was a reason behind that. So, um, and like I said, on part one, all this shit is nitpicking at this point. It's all nitpicking. Once you get to trying to argue why any of these niggas not the GOAT. But with Pac, it's just mostly his lyrics. His shit was cut short. So his music after he died was just trash. And they just kept trying to make money off of money off of money off him, And that really tarnished his legacy. And then if you look at all his music before he passed, it's not like it was like breathtaking. He had the, the bangers like, oh shit, when he dropped, he dropped. But it's not like he had like a, it's kind of like to me, like a blueprint or a reasonable doubt. Like even All Eyes on Me was kind of sloppy at times because Pac was always letting random niggas on there. So like niggas would be fucking up the album. And you're like, God damn, get this whack ass nigga off the album. You know what I'm saying? I need three verses from Pac. But that's just not how he worked. You know what I'm saying? So that's the case against him. But again, the case for him is very very strong.
that, you already know who we about to get into. The second greatest rapper of all time. Weezy F Baby, man. So I, I'm sure this is going to catch a lot of people off surprise. If you know me, it's not. But just listening to this, you're just going to be like, wow, blasphemous. Little Wayne over Nas. Little Wayne over Pop. Little Wayne over Eminem. Little Wayne over L. Cool J. Little Wayne over Rock Camp. Little Wayne, nah, 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 nah. Little Wayne, nah, nah, nah. knock it off. We're going to do what we done did with everybody else, make the case. And it's going to be even more like the case. When we get done with this, the case for Wayne sh is should be won. But Hove is just different. That's going to be really Hove case. Obviously, you know number one is Hove. Um, so, yeah, let's get into it. Um, first off, that lighter flip. Just something as minimal as that. That means so much in the history of rap. Because when he was on his legendary run, that was his ad-lib. That was his, uh, 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 uh. like Jay used to come on tracks with that shit. That was his DMX growl before he went into the 16. It was just a simple light flick. And niggas knew when they heard that light flick what time it was. And we talking about Peak Wayne right here, which probably lasts about three, four years. You know what I'm saying? So, but let's get into it. Um, skills. Bars. Nine out of ten. You could say ten out of ten. Because, and this is going to be a theme of this case. Wayne has so much music. And I am a Wayne fan. Like, of all these MCs, I'm probably the biggest Eminem fan, then Wayne, then Jay. You know what I'm saying? I like Pac. I like LL. I like Nas. But I wasn't really, like, huge consumers of their music. I just listened to their shit to know about them just because they was great. But M... I listened to a lot of M shit, like M first three, four albums, because he was just like, damn, Wayne, he's basically my generation's GOAT, you know what I'm saying? So I listened to Wayne from when he was black as hot to up till now, when he just dropped The Funeral, from 99 to 2020, I listened to Wayne, you know what I'm saying? And I was of age enough to kind of get what he was saying. Jay, same thing, from 96 to 2020. I really ain't getting into Jay till like 98. With volume two, then I had to listen back. But it's the same thing. So with Wayne and Jay, you can't really tell me nothing about them two. But I am going to be objective and just tell the facts. You know what I'm saying? So nine out of ten for bars for Wayne. Only reason why he don't get a ten out of ten because he got some trash shit. That's what happens when you in the game. As long as he's in the game, you do as many drugs as he did. You kind of get sloppy as he's gotten at times. And he's kind of kicking back up, getting better if you really listen to him. But he had a time when that, like, dedication four, five, and six, sorry for the wait, three or four, whatever the fuck, he had so many shit. It was just like, ah, Wayne, this flow's crazy. Like a crackhead flow, relax. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, when he first came in the game, 15, 16, even though he was legendary, and we'll get into that, um, with the wobbly, wobbly, drop, drop it like it's hot. Um, <laughs> he wasn't like lyrical, miracle, spiritual. So it's not like he was like a Nas, like always, or like a Hope, like always like, oh shit. Or like an M, always like, oh shit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna give him nine out of 10. Flow, again, give him nine out of 10. He got a million flows, but his flow isn't what defined him. See what I'm saying? Like, he's not known for his flow. He's known for auto-tune. He's known for his punchlines. He's known for his wordplay. He's known for saying ridiculous shit and people being like, wow, that's what he's known for. His swagger on the track, but he's not really known for his flow. Hove Moore is known for his flow. 50, known for his flow. Tupac, known for his flow. See what I'm saying? So, Nah, flow, 9 out of 10. He got a bunch of flows. They great, but he's not known for it. You know what I'm saying? 9 out of 10. If you want to say 8 out of 10, that's fine too, but I give him 9 out of 10. Subject matter, 10 out of 10. Wayne, unlike a bunch of rappers, rapped about everything under the sun. He was rapping about... The thing that sticks out to me is, like I said, I kind of came of age listening to Wayne. So, I remember back in the day, I hate to sound so old, but when I'm 13, 14, 15 listening to Wayne, it's all about getting your dick sucked. You couldn't eat no pussy. And Wayne talking about that shit openly. You got songs like called, called Pussy Monster. Talking about giving a bitch head. La 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 la. Like he was lollipop. You know. 
<laughs> middle of the bed, giving, getting had, giving, getting had. Like that was kind of shocking shit. He done talked about Hurricane Katrina. He done talked about George Bush. He done talked about um, women killing themselves. He done talked about, you know, women loving themselves. He don't care if you're a prostitute. He done talked about drugs. He done talked about being in the gang. Cool. Lil Wayne done rapped about every single thing there is to rap under the sun about, and he's done it well. Not saying every time he's rapped about it, it's been great. But any subject you will put any of these other rappers at, even Stan songs, he got songs like that. He got concept songs like Dr. Carter. Even Miss Officer with Bobby Valentino, that's a pretty, that's like a concept song. He got a bunch of songs like that. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? And we'll get into his albums and shit, but Wayne got maybe more songs than everybody on this list combined. And that's not a stretch. He might have double the amount of songs as everybody on this list combined. Maybe even times four. So understand that. Not saying that everything is hot, but understand that he don't rap about everything there is to rap about under the sun. And he's done it witty. He's done it with great bars and he's done it well. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I give his subject matter a 10 out of 10. Rhyme schemes, again, 9 out of 10, even 8 out of 10 if you want. Now I'm saying these are my guys, so I'm a I'm a say if you want, you know what I'm saying. But to me, it's nine out of ten, cause he got so much shit. He got so many flows. Is he like a Styles P? Is he a technician? Like a Jay Z? No. No. But he's just a step down, just a step down. And punchline is ten out of ten, best punchline rapper ever. It's not even close, not even close. Other niggas that got. <clears throat> A claim to the title, Cassidy, Fab, anybody else? Nah, it's not even close. Wayne punchlines, like even a whack punchline, real G's moving silence like lasagna. Like even a whack line is legendary because nobody would think to say you move in silence like lasagna. Real G, so moving in silence like lasagna is a punchline. Real G's doing that is a punchline. And then the G in lasagna is silent. That's also a punchline. It's like a triple entendre on a bullshit throwaway bar. Like, that's that's Wayne. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just not even, that shit ain't even close. 10 out of 10. 20 out of 10. Not even close. So classics, discuss that. The man got 12 studio albums, two EPs, three compilation albums, and 25 mixtapes. Wayne got at least five classics, if you count mixtapes and albums. And a reason why he's a top two of all-time rapper, if not top one, is because he's the one who really made the mixtapes relevant. 50 was on the scene. Other people were doing mixtapes. But Wayne was the one who was at the top of his game, still airing out mixtapes. Still giving the people shit. Nigga, album was leaking. The Carter 3 was the most anticipated album ever, damn near, for rap. The shit leaked. He put it on the mixtape with other shit. Then dropped the Carter 3 again. Shit, damn near leaked. Still sold half a million first week. Talking about what Wayne talk about. Not being no pop shit. No offense to Drake or nothing like that. But no, just being Wayne. So, classics, the ones that I put out there off the top. Carter 2. Dedication to No Ceilings Drought 3 Carter 3 Two classic albums Three classic mixtapes And that's selling them short Many would say the Carter 1 is a classic Wayne got so many mixtapes I'm gonna run through his mixtape Just the mixtape series That I wrote down let me see. I thought I wrote these shits down somewhere. Yeah, here they go. And I'm probably missing a couple. These his groups of mixtapes. Sorry for the wait. Squad up. It's like seven or eight squad ups. Squad up is early Wayne. Like a lot of people act like Wayne just got nice after the whole Gilly thing. And we're going to get into that too. But if for you people that's really skeptical, Google or my mixtapes, whatever you got to do. Squad up Wayne. Squad up Lil Wayne. Do squad up five, six, or seven. 
Wayne taking beats from New York and just going crazy on them. At 19, 20, 21 years old, 22 years old, going crazy with his first what would be young money. Early. Most niggas don't even know who Squad Up is. But that's early Wayne. So Squad Up, Sorry for the Wait, the Dedication Series. Dedication 2 is a certified classic. But Dedication 3, some would say that is too. The Drought Series. I think it was like four droughts. The Drought 3 is maybe the best. Now, they got extended versions, but the version that I was familiar with, the one that was in the hood, the 19-track version, that is, that's the best mixtape I've ever heard. One of the best collections of music I've ever heard. He taking niggas' beats and he just going stupid on them. The intro of the shit, the niggas rap, rap, rapping in dread, like he's being a Jamaican, basically. And it don't sound fraud. And he did it on other songs, like he did it on um, Mo Fire, on his album, The Carter 2. I think that was on Carter 2. Yeah, that was on Carter 2. But that Mims, This Is Why I'm Hot, yo. Just very, very impressive. That When I think about that, that's when I said Wayne was really at the top of the game because he had gotten so bored. Like, that's before he really got... That's before the Carter 3 dropped. That's before he hit his peak. He was at the top of the game then. He had got so bored that he was trying to rap in Jamaican. He did that on the um he did it on a few songs. Like that was his thing for a little while. He was trying to do rap Jamaican and he was pulling it off. He had just got tired of doing shit. And this before Autotune. He was just trying to think of new ways because he was rapping so much better than everybody. It was so easy. And I remember thinking when I heard that, like, yeah. This nigga is really, yeah. Like, even the it's me bitches. Like, Wayne was killing, like, Wayne would get on, be a feature to some shit, then take the whole beat on the mixtape and air out the whole four-minute beat. No hook. Just air the shit out, 150 bars. Like, people really don't understand. Like, Wayne fans do, and there's a lot of us out there, but people really don't understand. Like, nobody ever was on that type of homage, and the shit was not ass. Anybody that was like Wayne was ass at his peak, they just, come on. They, that's just hating. You don't got to like the guy. You don't got to like the player, but you got to respect the game. And Wayne was airing shit, and we're going to get into features and shit. But again, you know, I done got on a tangent, but the drought, the drought three, oh, God. That might be Wayne's best work. So you got the drought series, you got the drought is over, and you got the I am not a human being. That's just mixtape series. It's like four or five of them shits each. I don't even know. How, it's like seven squad ups. I don't even know how many droughts there is or drought is overs there is. Sorry for the waits. It's at least three or four of them shits. And they all got like 15, 20 songs on them. And, and I'm missing a bunch of mixtapes. Nobody got the amount of music. And if you listen to any of these projects, none of them was asked until after the Carter Four. That's when it started getting like, okay, when he started having his issues with Birdman. It was like, okay. And that's going to get to the case against him. But when they get the classics, oh man, it's not even close. Easy five classics. Easy. Just to run those down again. Carter Two, Carter Three. Some will say Carter One, but Carter Two, Carter Three. Get into Carter Two real quick. The Mob. All-time great hip-hop intro. The nigga had a song called Best Rapper Alive on there. My, this is Wayne Carter 2. This is before he officially took over the game at Carter 3. By Carter 3, the game was his. In between Carter 2 and Carter 3, the game officially got from whoever the fuck it was, it was his. On Carter 2, the nigga had a song called Best Rapper Alive. Nobody said shit. Nobody said shit because he was airing everything out. He was taking everybody beats. Listen to Jay-Z, show me what you got. Listen to Wayne, show me what you got. Wayne was taking nigga shit the week it came out, if not the day. Wayne heard that beat. Jay dropped that shit. Show me what you got. Wayne got on that shit the next week. Aired it the fuck out. I be telling people like, yo, y'all really be... <laughs> it, you could really like compare it head to head shit. Now, yeah, on albums, Wayne do front... A lot of people do get Wayne on his albums because Wayne records so much that when he recorded, it's done. Other niggas hear Wayne's shit and they rewrite their verse, rewrite their verse, rewrite their verse. Wayne is on to the next shit. He don't care. Once it's done, it's done. So, of course, other niggas is going to have, you know, because that's one thing. Another thing about Wayne, he don't always do his best on features, on his albums, on his albums. So, classics, he got them. Skills, he got them. Sales, he got them. It's Wayne. 
And his shit is almost more impressive than everybody on this list because Pac's shit happened mostly when he was dead. Pac was a high seller, but Pac, most of his sales that happened after he died. Eminem was white. What was Wayne? Wayne was talking about everything. Lean, weed, drugs, coke, <laughs> killing. What most rappers talk about, but he was selling crazy. He was like the number one seller in the world. So that's crazy for Wayne to be at the charts of that shit. And this is the last thing I want to mention about. I could go on for hours about Wayne. But the last thing I want to mention before I get into the biggest reason why he's the GOAT. The thing about the sales, niggas can't never, when niggas get on Wayne, niggas can't never name me no other GOAT that released a single for their album as just 100 bars with no hook. Just rapping. Airing shit out. Mind you have the shit go platinum, double, triple platinum and have everybody trying to do it too. When people front on Wayne like he's not the GOAT, like he wasn't true hip hop, niggas really forget a Millie. Whether you think that was a lyrical onslaught or not. What he did for the game, the hottest rapper at the in the world at that time, to say, I'm going to just release this shit bars. Jay-Z never fucking did that. Everything Jay-Z ever put out there for public consumption in a single for his first 15 years of his career had a fucking Annie hook or a sped up sample or some shit or R&B chick on a single. Same thing with Biggie. Same thing with Nas. These niggas wasn't releasing 100 bar shits. Wayne was. He's a true MC. He the GOAT. Nobody else did that shit. And, and like I said, it didn't flop. <laughs> it went double, triple. It had everybody. Jay-Z, get everybody got on it. Like, oh, okay, I got to get my bars off. Everybody. He ain't have niggas doing the R&B shit. And he had niggas doing that too. And that's the thing. He been the Pied Piper. Whatever Wayne did, that's what niggas did. Niggas start barring it out, punchlining it out. That's what that's what Wayne did. That's what niggas started doing. Wayne went to Auto Tune, look at everybody. And with that, let's go to the biggest reason why he to go influence. Listen to the radio. That's Wayne. And Wayne ain't really been relevant since 2012, maybe? When the Carter 4 came out. Carter 5 came out in 2018. And the Carter 5 wasn't as bad as people say it was. But I'm a Wayne fan, so, you know, whatever. I don't know when, um... But anyway, Wayne been pretty much whack in most people's eyes since 2012. Turn on your radio. Damn near 10 years later. Everybody's Wayne. Everybody's want to be Wayne. Nobody in the history of rap may be a rock him. You could say he got great grandkids. And look how quick Wayne undid it. Wayne got great grandkids. Future is his son. Future got his whole style from Wayne. Kendrick Lamar, all these niggas will tell you they got their whole influence from Wayne. But Future specifically, Future, that's his son. Young Thug, that's Future's son. That's Wayne's grandson. Gunna, Lil Baby, all these niggas... Double, triple platinum. These ain't little bullshit artists. Lil Baby, number one album in the country. Gonna last album, platinum, probably even double. And them niggas dropped an album together. That shit probably went platinum, pretty sure. I know it at least went gold. Thug, one of the biggest artists in the world. Future, one of the biggest artists in rap history, really. Future is that nigga's son. Young Thug is the nigga grandson. Lil Baby and Gunna and that and them niggas and every... Travis Scott, Lil Baby Gunner, Travis Scott. Well, no, Travis Scott would be his grandson too with Thug. These is the biggest fucking artists in the world, Scrap. They all get their shit from Wayne, the auto-tune from Wayne. Wayne made that shit cool. Yeah, T-Pain was on it, but Wayne completely got bored with just rapping and just started doing auto-tune and he did it to death because Wayne is a true musician. And he just gonna try new shit. That's why he did the rock. He done did the dread. He done did the auto tune. He done did the R&B shit. He done did the rapping shit. He done did everything. But the fact that he... I'm, Wayne got great, great grandkids. Future is son. Young Thug and, and, and 
Travis's grandsons, his great-grandkids is Baby and Gunner, and his great-great-grandkids is the niggas you hear out here, Lil' Keed, Polo G, Dirk, all these, well, nah, Dirk will probably be the same as, but all these new niggas that's copying off of Thug, that look up to Thug, they all get it from Wayne, and they don't even know at this point. Jay don't got that. Nobody on this list got that influence. Maybe M because he's white. And every great white rap, every white rapper, they gonna be, they, you better be able to rap like M, nigga. So that's a lot of people. <laughs> but it's not like M got that, that line like that. Whether you like them artists I named or not, they're the most successful artists in the game. Quavo. All these niggas got their shit from Wayne. Ask them niggas who to go. Even Lil Baby, nigga 25. Ask them who to go. He'll tell you Lil Wayne. Ask Thug who to go. He'll tell you Lil Wayne. Influence. Crazy. Yeah, Jay got some influence with how niggas talk, how niggas act. The 444 is big. That's not generations and generations of MCs and styles and waves and sales. It's crazy. It's really crazy. And I could go on and on. I mean, shit, it's been 20 minutes on Wayne. I mean, shit, he don't wrote other platinum hits for people. Other, I'm sorry, other platinum albums. The nigga wrote The Big Timers, I Got That Work, at what, 23, 24? With number one stunner on it? He wrote the whole album. That's a platinum album. Whether you think that's top-notch lyricism or not, that's a platinum, double platinum album he wrote for niggas. Wrote Baby Verses. Wrote Hooks. That like father like son. Some people will say that album is a classic. Had baby sounded like son. Like this, <laughs> it go on and on. I, this is not even the tip of the iceberg with Wayne. But yeah, that's why with Wayne, it's really like that. Possibly the most versatile. Got the sales. He's the most influential. Got the classics. Got the most songs out of everybody, and uh, most of them is fire. The case against him would be he fell off. When you put them on tracks with Eminem, with Jay-Z, with the toughest niggas, he rarely was the best verse. It's little fucking Wayne. How can he be better than everybody? These are cases that can be made. Like I say, with everybody, we picking, we picking. The Gilly the Kid shit, even though... You got to look, and I've said this before, Wayne done had so many classics past Gilly the Kid, and Wayne was platinum before Gilly the Kid. So the fact that people think that, and his style done changed so much, he done been successful with so many different styles. For people to think that Wayne got his style from Gilly the Kid, uh, that's kind of crazy. But even if Wayne did get a flow from Gilly the Kid, or if even if Gilly the Kid made Wayne more of um, an essential Bar made bars more essential to Wayne. It still didn't take. It's not like he wrote Wayne bars. There's no proof of that, so we can't go with that. But you can't throw Gilly the Kid in there, and you can't throw the wobbly wobbly drop drop it like it's hot. You could say Nas was better at an earlier age. He was, he was. Wayne at 19, Nas at 19, Nas was better. It's not a lot of niggas in the history of the world that was better than Nas at 19. But peak Wayne, animal. Animal. Nobody was a better competitor. Just to borrow you out. Nobody. So, um, yeah, that's that's Weezia. Uh, let me look down at my notes. I, I <laughs> who knows? Lord knows. I probably forgot some shit. But um, yeah. Um, we're gonna get into number one next. It's over to God. We know that. Um, and his shit probably won't be as long as Wayne's because Wayne is such a divisive character. So you got to really make the case for Wayne. You got to really lay all the facts out for Wayne. Um, but with Hove, it's not really like that. That's everybody universal. Most people universal choice. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, Hove on deck. It's Hove the God. Do you believe? That was always like the illest shit to me. I think I think that's the intro to volume three or the outro. Man. Hove different. 
Might as well just say Wayne the greatest of all time. And Hove just different. Hove just different. He um everybody else I had to pull up notes for. Wayne mostly because it was so much. Like I just spoke on Wayne. Wayne and Hove is my two favorites. Uh, Hove is my favorite. Wayne is my second. Um, <laughs> but Wayne got so much shit. Like damn, I want to make sure I ain't leaving the shit out. Hove, I know like the back of my hand. Um, you know, I I, I don't want to rush, but I don't. I ain't gotta talk your ear off about Hove. We're gonna go through the list like we've been going through the list with everybody else. Um, and bust it down. And the case against Hove, you know, who knows? It ain't much of a case, but we get into it. So skills. Um, bars. Nine out of ten, ten out of ten. When I when I think bars, I think lyrical, miracle, spiritual. So that's like M Nas territory. You know what I'm saying? So you can give him nine out of ten or ten out of ten. Nine out of ten. Flow ten out of ten. That's what he's known for. Multiple flows. Um, you know, nigga what, nigga who? It's like that. Um blackout. Um Is that your chick? Just <laughs> is that your chick? I feel like the nigga had like eight different flows in that song. I could be boosted. I know he had at least three. So yeah. Ten out of ten with the flow. Subject matter, hove. I say nine out of ten, getting the ten out of ten. Um, nine point five, only because it took Hove a long time. Hove was on the same shit. Like if you compare him to a little Wayne, Hove wasn't as open about talking about a bunch of shit. Four forty four was really when Hove really opened up about all kind of crazy shit. Like he threw out little hints and shit, but Hove was always about bravado, popping bottles. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm that nigga. I'm that nigga, and y'all need to know. And if y'all don't know it, y'all find out once y'all get to this level. To actually know what this shit is. I've been talking about 20 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like nigga was talking about Artemis and shit. Like Blueprint 2. And now everybody talking about him. It's crazy. Um, Like I say, Hove different. He just different. So um, Rhyme Schemes, 10 out of 10. You can say 9 out of 10 if you want to be a hater. But I'm going to give Hove 10 out of 10 there. Punchlines, I give Hove 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. Some niggas probably like, that's blasphemous. 10 out of 10. But I give him, you know, like I said, these my guys. So I'm, I'm you know. 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. You know, Hove wasn't trying to punchline you to death. He definitely has some all-time great punchlines, as all the great rappers do for the most part on this list. But it's not like that was his thing. Like Wayne, that was his thing. Um, classics, Reasonable Doubt, Some Will Say Volume 2, um, Blueprint, Most Would Say American Gangster, if you really heard it and listened to it. Most would say 444. That's four. Very good albums. Like I say, same thing with Pac, same thing with Wayne. If you want to say one of them not a classic and a, one of them is a, a very good or a great album, that's fine. But he got the classic criteria. Sales. Think about him, and we get this out the way because I might forget to say it later on. One of the biggest knocks on Hove was he never was the biggest at any point in his career. And that is a great case against Hove. That may be the number one case. His sales is up there because he did enough. But real talk, his sales after, like, I think starting with the Blueprint 3 haven't been good at all. Even 444, it's no real numbers out there on the sales. No real numbers because it was mostly through title and shit. Um, so, but he got enough sales. It's whole. He got enough sales to be on it. But just to look into that shit real quick. If you look at when he came out, 96, he wasn't the biggest. Obviously, Reasonable Dog didn't really sell. 97, he wasn't the biggest. That shit really didn't sell. Volume 1, Streets is Watching was big in the hood, but it wasn't big. Volume 2, boom, 1998, that broke out. That sold, but X was big. DMX was bigger in 98. He dropped two albums in 98. Both of them shits went platinum. Multiple platinum. <laughs> so, yeah, Hove went crazy, but X was still the number one guy. By 99, you had Eminem who was then the number one guy up until Wayne, basically. You also had Nelly, and Jay said it, and Pimp Juice and us. He was third in sales as far as being the top guy. Now, in the hood, always, yeah, of course, it's whole. But 
you know, everybody else on my list, Eminem was the top of rap at one time. Nas was the top of rap when Elmatic dropped. And even when um his second album, It Was Written, dropped, he was at the top of rap. He was the guy. LL Cool J was the guy. Pop was the guy. Wayne was the guy. Carter Three came around, he was the guy. It was no even question about it. Jay was never the guy. Like I said, when the Blueprint came out, M was the biggest artist in the world. Nelly was bigger than Jay when the Blueprint came out. And then it was Wayne time. Then it was Drake time. But the fact that Jay stayed through all of that is definitely worth noting. And that could be a case for him to be the GOAT. Another case to be the GOAT. The fact that he stayed relevant through all that and he dropped dope shit through all that, dope enough shit through all that to stay relevant and still be seen as the GOAT. Um, so that's the sales influence, you know, it depends. His influence is going to be kind of like Nipsey. It's not to say, not to compare him to Nipsey, but Jay shit is going to be probably more ownership more than it is rapping. You know, when you hear the younger generation talk about Jay, it's more about being a businessman, even my generation. You know what I'm saying? It's more about his lifestyle. You kind of want to do what Hov did as far as be that successful. It's not necessarily in rapping style, um, rapping cadence. You know what I'm saying? Yes, he's known for great bars. And is that going to pass down through the generations because he's a top guy? Is it going to pass down? Yeah. But it's not like he's as influential as Lil Wayne. He's just not. Even the Eminem. He's just not. As far as rap. That don't mean he's not better than them. Don't mean he's not greater than them, but he's not as influential as they are. But he's influential enough. You know what I'm saying? So shit, that's the case for Jay. Um, he been around the longest. Got through his battles. You know he don't had a couple. He done had a lot of battles that was low, low key. He done basically won them all. You know Mace, Game, Jim Jones. You know he throws a couple shots. Didn't keep it moving. The big one, obviously, Nas. Most people say he lost. I think he won it. That's the whole fan in me. But, uh, you know, that could be a reason why you say you're not the GOAT. But um, for you to say him losing to Nas, you would have to say that would make Nas the GOAT. Or you would have to say, like, well, Pac never lost a battle. Big never lost a battle. But, again, Big don't have enough body of work to be in this conversation, in my opinion. And Pac is just not. Better, greater than Jay. You can make a case. That's why they all on the list. But when you put it all together, nah. <laughs> nah. Because Hov is just too much of a better rapper than Tupac was. Even if you give Tupac the sales and the influence and the longevity go to Hov. It's just, it's, it's just not fair. Hov, you know... The fact that Hov went from Reasonable Doubt to an album like 444, he had the ability to grow. And some would say, you know, shit, Tupac, he had grown a lot in his 25 years. Because he had way more deeper music than Jay probably could ever have up until 444. So again, that's another case for Pac. But when it comes down to it with the flows, the rap, the money, the whole follow the leader... Having the game in the chokehold, having Rockefeller, you know, having people come up under him, you know, that's big. Same thing with Wayne. He inspired Drake. I ain't even bring Drake up as Wayne kids, you know, so um, that's really it, man. It's, it's, it's over to God. Um, you know, you can swap them out, Wayne and Hove, if you want, depending on your age. But to me, it's just those two at the top. Because, um, I mean, just even Lil Wayne, like, if you listen to shit from him, the block is hot. Listen to a song called Loud Pipes. I think he's like 16 or 17. Listen to Loud Pipes. He got the last verse. He aired the shit out. 16, 17 years old. So, um, he ain't new to this shit. And again, Hove, most people is going to say Hove is the GOAT. But if you're going to say he not the GOAT, you're going to have to come with who is the GOAT instead of him, and Nas really don't got it because Nas wasn't able to stay as relevant as Hove, in my opinion. Not as relevant as Hove, and he's just not as versatile as Hove. 
like everything that Nas is known for doing, Hov is basically doing that shit right now. With the J Electronica shit, you know, with the 4444 shit, with the story OJ, you know what I'm saying? He kind of getting in that pro-black bag. And that's really the last thing he had to conquer. To be like the most well-rounded guy. One of the most. So you can't even really get him for his subject matter no more. He's just really untouchable. He got every... He, he checked the box and everything. Checked the box and everything. And when you got an artist like Wayne or an artist like a Nas or even an Eminem. Where they skill might still be good. But they just fell off. Hove just... <laughs> Whenever he pop up on somebody's shit, it's like, oh yeah, he about to have the best verse. He can pop up on Jay Electronica shit. He can pop up on Meek Mill shit. You just already know what the science going to be. So, um, that concludes the list. All right, we're going to do a wrap up and that's going to be it. All right, we back. Just going to do a quick wrap up. You know, I'm sure this is a controversial topic for a lot, so... Just a quick wrap up. Um, the six rappers with the best case for the GOAT. You got LL, then M, then Nas, then Pac, then Wayne, then J. You know, um, LL is just really, you know, the first to do everything. Ladies love and the spitting. Um, M, the sales, the lyricism, you know, the cult following. He's white. So Nas, you know, the poet. Illmatic, his first tape ever. Most people think that's the greatest um album. Well, a lot of people think that's the greatest album <clears throat> in hip hop history. So you got that. Pac, probably the most beloved figure um in the history of hip hop. Wayne, probably the most influential if you look at the last ten years to the next ten years. Um and probably the hardest working. Pac was a hard worker, but he passed. Wayne, probably the hardest working and almost borderline most competitive rapper in history and he was good and he rapped about a bunch of things and Hove just a businessman you know like he said he a businessman so um any nice any had ownership had dope albums could rap about a bunch of things and has gotten better with time so there you go um just wanted to run through a couple of the people that um you know honorable mention I um first we're gonna run uh gonna go to KRS-One um, you know, for, a lot of people think he the GOAT. I think what he called the teacher. Lord, don't take my hip-hop card out. I think he called the teacher or some shit. <clears throat> but, um, you know, obviously, um, the bridge is over. You know, he had um criminal-minded by any means necessary. So that might be two classic albums. He had a bunch of albums after that. My only thing about um KRS-One, even though he did rap about a bunch of topics, and he did stay pretty relevant, and he was a great battler, and all that, I just don't think he was as well-rounded as the other MCs. Um, and I hate to keep going back to this, but, you know, uh, being able to write love songs, that's a part of music. That is a part of hip-hop. Everything else he got. And I would also say that his albums after the first two, nobody, I I didn't hear all of them. So, But they're not regarded in hip-hop as classics. You know, they're good albums. They're not classics. So I couldn't put him up over... A LL, who is also a battler, may not be as lyrical as KRS-One or even as good as a battler. But, you know, he was known as being lyrical. So I, I was close to putting KRS-One in there. And Ice Cube, too. Ice Cube definitely got the classics. He got America Most Wanted, Predator, Death Certificate. I think Predator was the one where he was like the first West Coast nigga to work with um East Coast producers. Um... Again, this was before my time. I forget the name of the <clears throat> producer team. I think it was Public Enemy people. I think he were Republic Enemy people. Again, I I think I was like five when this album came out. But I know that um that was big. You know, he kind of switched up his style and shit, the sound. Um, so he got the classics. He do got the sales. Um, the biggest thing with Cube is he really, I don't want to say he left music alone, but he definitely started doing the movies more, man. So... With Cube, at this point, it's like he movies and entertainment first. Like he commissioner of the big three. He always will be a great rapper, shit. Top 10. Um, I would put him in my top 10 all-time list of great rappers. Not best, but great rappers. Um, shit, you know. N.W.A. He wrote a lot of shit for Eazy-E. Um, 
obviously took on all the NWA himself with no Vaseline. Like, it's hard, man. These old school rappers, like, we be fronting on them, man. These niggas is battle-tested because they was really, really getting it in. Really getting it in. So, um, you know, I wanted to put Ice Cube on the list. But, again, I just thought LL, <clears throat> more battles, more sales, um, more probably well-rounded MC. Even though I think Ice Cube may have been more lyrical. I need to go back and listen to their shit now. Compare them to. That'll be a good one. Yeah. Um, so them the two kind of older heads that I was thinking about that I just left off. I don't think they had true cases. They could have a case, but I don't think they had true cases for the GOAT. <clears throat> Cause like I said, with KRS one, they're gonna be like, shit, where was this nigga after ninety five? Ain't he still around rapping? Like KRS one really had like a five year run. You know what I'm saying? Um, and think about Cube, niggas would be like, shit, ain't he doing movies? And that's kind of, he been doing movies longer than rapping. He kind of left the rap alone. Not saying that he still don't drop music, but it's forced him. First and foremost, hustle, it appears to be entertainment. So, um, oh yeah, 50, you know, um, yeah. To me, 50 is just the lyrics that would probably take 50 away from it. But his influence is definitely out there. Um, with everybody wanting to get shot and saying that's how they tough. So his influence being like a tough guy. And, you know, he he had a little a stint when he was fucking with a lot of the young rappers coming up. And he still fuck with a lot of the young rappers coming up. Um, so he definitely got the influence. Lord knows he got the sales. Definitely got the classic. Um, and he got good albums, too. Um, most people would say he fell off after his second album. A lot of people ain't even like the second album. Shit, I like the second album. I love the first album like everybody else. Um, he got another album. I think it's Animal Ambition. Or it could be the Cannon Tape. He got another couple albums that's tough, too. Um, Flow, 10 out of 10, you know. It's just, and 50 could rap about a bunch of shit, too. It's just, um, <clears throat> I just would say LL is a greater rapper. And probably better, too. But 50 could have made this list. If you're going to tell me 50 is your GOAT, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? I can't, you know, 50 had the mixtapes on Smash. That's fine, too. You know what I'm saying? That, that'll round out my honorable mention right there. Um, and as far as the, the this two rappers, I wanted to bring up real quick, too. Cole and Kendrick. They just ain't been in the game long enough. When they done, they might have a chance to scoot in this list, take somebody out of this list, possibly. Um, definitely Kendrick. Sheesh. Um, so, yeah. That's really the wrap up. Um, trying to think if I missed anything. Probably not. If I did, we'd get to it on at another time. But um, shit, that's really it, man. Shout it out. Um, as always, thanks for listening. Peace and love.